The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all these things and sneered at him. And he said to them, You justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have to admit that dishonest wealth is hard to understand as you first glance at it. I think we also have to take this in context of the greater chapter here, this larger conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisees. Basically, when we hear this dishonest wealth, it's the money that we make And sometimes they didn't always make it so honestly. But what Jesus is trying to say is, okay, whatever you make, whatever money you make, it's destined for a greater purpose. I think that's why he's saying here, make friends for yourselves with this honest wealth. So whatever money you happen to have, use it for good. Use it for good. It has a higher purpose. And there are other things that Jesus entrusts to us, namely our faith, our relationship with him, our friendship with him. And as we treat that with greater and greater esteem, then we grow in true wealth, you might say. Jesus talks about that other places too. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, What am I seeking? What am I looking for? What do I feel like ultimately is going to satisfy my longing for happiness? That eros, as I heard all week long with Christopher West, that eros that we all have inside of us, that desire for happiness, that desire for God, ultimately, that desire for God. Where do we aim our eros? That was one of the big questions we had to answer this week. Where do I aim my eros? That longing inside of me, that ache for happiness, for love, for truth, goodness, for beauty. That's all a part of it. It's kind of a mysterious thing. But ultimately, God is inviting us to direct or to aim our eros, our longing at him. And then he purifies it more and more with his 
agape, his divine love, his unconditional love. So his agape meets our eros and it's, our eros is then elevated. It's, it's purified, it's consumed in that fire of God's love. Easier said than done, right? <laughs> if it were only that easy. <laughs> but Jesus knows that it's not easy. And boy, that's why he came. He came to show us the way. He is the way. And he comes as a divine lover. If you read the Song of Songs, which we got to do this week a lot and reflect on it all together, you know, it does describe human erotic love. I mean, you can't deny that. You can't overlook that. But all of that then is to be seen as God's way of also wanting to show us how he loves us, how passionately he loves us. So you could read the Song of Songs as Jesus being the, the bridegroom, the divine bridegroom, the lover coming after us. So wanting us to feel loved, wanting us to feel wanted, cherished, seen. That was another big theme throughout the week that, that God sees us. And unfortunately, women, especially in our culture today, are, are used to being looked at. And you all know the difference. <laughs> you all know the difference much better than I do. The difference between being looked at and the difference compared to being seen. And I'm sure there are temptations, you know, to attract attention to be looked at. But at the same time, you know that that's kind of cheap. And that there's a deeper longing to be seen in all of you. To be seen for who you are. And to be loved for who you are. To be cherished for who you are in your totality. And I think that's a grace that we all have to ask for. Because we've all been trained, I think, in our culture to just look at people. To look at people. To look at ourselves and to look at other people. right? And to make these quick judgments based on how they look. right? How often are we guilty of that? Right? And how does that affect even then our approach and, and our openness and our willingness to love? But it starts, I think, with ourselves. You know, Lord, help me to see and to love in myself what you see and love in me. Because God doesn't, doesn't just look at you. God sees you. And we can think back to several episodes and the gospel where Jesus saw the people and he saw their suffering in some mysterious way because of our fallen nature and because of the, the battle with sin and with evil that we all have to engage in. The, the climax, so to speak, of Christ's life was there at the foot of the cross and it was you know, Mary and Jesus right there at the foot of the cross. The new Adam and the new Eve. The new Adam and the new Eve. Yes, it's still his mother, but in a greater sense, there's the new Adam and the new Eve at the foot of the cross. Offering themselves to each other. Totally, freely, faithfully, fruitfully. 
And of course, Mary in some ways represents all of us, the bride, the bride of the church and the, the bridegroom there offering himself for us to beautify us, to purify us, to save us. And he pours, he pours himself out. As I said at the beginning of Mass, we're going to receive him in Holy Communion today. So it's God literally pouring himself out, giving himself to us. And not because of what we did, right? We don't, we don't earn that gift. But just because he sees in us a reflection of himself and he wants to save us, he wants to redeem us. And so let's open up to him. Let's open up to him. Christopher West's, we look at these after Mass some more, but Christopher West's daughter drew these. This is a woman you can see opened up and it's the, the hand of Jesus reaching inside of her heart. And all of the flowers represent all of the emotions in your hearts, in our hearts. And then you get the blood and, and the water flowing out of her heart too. So it's, it's the Lord, you know, obviously it's a very intimate kind of <laughs> encounter, but that's precisely what God is looking for, a very intimate encounter with us. And then you have, this is a you know, young man, but it's, it's really the three options that we have. This would be the stoic, option or the the starvation diet you know he's all closed off he's he's closed himself off to all of his desires here you have the fast food diet <laughs> um you know the addict as christopher west would say you know so the the addict is just going after everything he can get his hands on to try to satisfy his longing but you can see it's it's aimed downwards right so it's grasping for all of the things of this world and then the aspiring mystic who takes all of that longing, all of that desire and just opens it up to God and says, okay, Lord, fill me up, fill me up. And, and, and aims that ache and that longing towards heaven. And, you know, that's nothing that we can control. And, and, and sometimes it's the waiting that really increases our desire increases our capacity to receive even more. So we cry out today, come Lord Jesus, and he's going to come and fill our hearts with your love. Help us to grow in, in our experience of your presence, of your love, and help us to see, help us to see you. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We want to see you but we also want to see ourselves with greater purity in a sense. With, and when I say that, with the, the vision of God, with the love of God, I want to see myself in all of my goodness and beauty the way that you see me.